0: Phenomenal African Women UK. Welcome to ICE Talks, inspiring, celebrating and empowering women connected to the African diaspora with your host, Ebony Empress. Hi there, this is Ebony Empress. How are you guys doing today? So recently I had the pleasure of meeting the wonderful Marcia Dixon. Marcia Dixon is one of the UK's most recognized black gospel journalists. And she's known for writing articles that tell the stories and share the views and experiences of people within Britain's black Christian community. She was recently awarded by the Queen. In her honors list, she received an MBE. So you'll hear us refer to the MBE. It is an award from the Queen. She got this award because she has done a lot of work with The Voice newspaper and she's now regarded as a community role model. Oh, We have had so much fun recording this conversation. I've had to cut out so many bits because we couldn't share, <laughs> but she was candid. She was fun. She has so many views about relationships and about our world and our young people and I hope you enjoy the conversation that you will listen to this afternoon we start off talking about COVID so that's how you will catch us talking about COVID and then we go on to talk about how she feels about the award she received the MBE and later on she's going to tell us how she wants to be remembered and some of the things that she's really passionate about I think you'll get that enjoy see you later yeah Yeah. that's interesting because for some people it's been all doom and gloom depression you know feel like I'm gonna die you know mental health all sorts and then for other people it's been the greatest thing ever you know um so I think Covid's just been different depends on what you're doing and who you are yeah it
1: depends how you've been affected Uh, depends on what you you're you're focused on what you're working on Mm. your faith levels Um, yeah because yeah some people some christians have really found it very hard i know of one um, one person she she died and i think that she was suffering from depression before Mm -hmm. and the covid just exacerbated it and she had to go into isolation and shocked everybody shocked everyone
0: well i think it's definitely one for faith i think um you know if you thought you were a christian before covid you definitely know if you're a christian now
1: true true <laughs> true. Uh, true
0: true the foundation I, of which i'm one of the directors we ah. reach out to african women um right across uh the uk and beyond and the idea is that we're setting up programs where we can empower educate uh help people with leadership skills we're okay. looking at also health and all sorts of ways of really okay. engaging and developing women in all sorts of ways and if through all different uh, mediums
1: okay and so what's your program called
0: it's poor, poor uh, phenomenal african women
1: Uh, let me ask a question because the last time I got in we were talking yeah and you didn't you do a radio station or something about relationships or something yes so what's happened to that
0: like about five years I was doing um and I still occasionally do shows on relationships but I decided when my dad got sick in 2016 um he's now passed but I decided that I would try and do something that was more holistic but that oh, still okay. kind of involved relationships because you know I've kind of done relationships to death really for me it's been it was about five six years of nothing but relationships so I've got to a point where I'm like yeah new something new will be good
1: and okay. along came
0: Zena with her idea of uh will you come and be a director
1: oh I see and I
0: decided if I'm going to do more shows I will do them for poor and that will give me an an opportunity to interview women and relationships will come into it because they do um but you know just really looking at uh the holistic development of women so MBE how does that feel and how was that experience for you
1: um I was notified that I was going to receive one earlier this year around about June I think it was and it was um a surprise um an honor um yeah it was great it was great and what was what was, I mean, I'm, I do what I do. I don't do it for award, awards because the reward for me is doing what I do because I feel it's mm-hmm. part of my purpose and God is my going to give me my reward and stuff like that. But what what um, getting the MB has done for me, particularly when it was announced, it's more what it's done for other people because, okay. it, 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 because people see me differently now. So I'm getting invited to do things that I would never other. Otherwise, do even though I've been doing what I do for the past 30 plus years, it's kind of changed people's perception. I've always loved what I do, I would do it whether I got paid, whether I got an award, or what have you. So, for me, I feel that the award is more an acknowledgement of the community that I'm a part of because people celebrated and were happy that I received it. So yeah, I feel great about it. My family were really happy. They're calling me Lady Marcia. You know, my <laughs> I, even I got my my great nephew even liked one of my posts. Oh God, it's really bad. I was excited that he likes my post. You know, this fourteen year old who most probably just thinks he's that lady liked my post. So from my oh. family point of view you know it's been great from the community's point of view the love that I've received you know the acknowledgement the congratulations that's been wonderful because I think that for a lot of people kind of I kind of embody you know uh you, you I've been there I'm consistent I've been around a long a long time and I've tried to be very honest and authentic in terms of covering what's happening in the black church community over the years. And I, and my award is an acknowledgement of that and people are just happy. I'm happy. Um, it will help me. It will give me kudos and all that kind of stuff on that, that score. Um, but I'm just happy. It's just a, it wasn't just me, but other members of the gospel music community won an award as well. So were listed rather in the honours list as well. And I think it was just an acknowledgement of the contributions of the Black Christian community and the Black gospel music community to this country. So on that score, that was exciting as well.
0: Okay, so give us a snapshot of Marcia Dixon for those people who don't know you and don't know you're this great community figure that we know and love in the Black community. Just give people an idea of who you are, Uh, And and what you do, really, not so much who you are, but what you do uh, that makes you this special person that's been awarded.
1: Okay, right. My name's Marcia Dixon, MBE, yeah! Okay, <laughs> really. my name's Marcia Dixon. And really, what I'm known for here in the UK is the fact that I've worked for a newspaper called The Voice for over 30 years. And my role in The Voice has been writing a column called Soul Stirrings, which is really a column about Britain's Black faith. Community focusing predominantly on the Black Pentecostal church experience, but really covering everything and everybody within the scene across the Black faith community. So I've been doing that consistently. Um, over the years. The Voice is Britain's best known black newspaper. When I started writing for it in 1988, it was the leading black newspaper. There was no social media, there was no Facebook, there was no internet. So we had to read a paper to find out what was happening in the black community. And the pages that I did um, were really the only place where people could go to find out about the black church community so it was one of the you know a former um, CEO at The Voice told me it was one of the most popular sections in the paper that's how um, well known and well loved it was so obviously you know The Voice is a leading publication Um, I'm going to be well known because I'm I'm writing for it writing about a unique uh, uh, sector of our community so at its peak The Voice had a circulation of about 53,000 readership of a quarter of a million. So that's my reason for that's the key reason why I'm well known.
0: Good. Okay. so tell us about your empowerment. You know, how do you empower the sisters in your community? What do you think your role is there? Because we need people like you. Uh, Definitely you're a figure that we look up to and we aspire to be. <laughs> really? I've
1: never seen so, thing. so, how do you empower others? See, let me, I've never really seen myself like that. I just see myself as this woman who's writing this column. I've never, I you know, I'm just writing this column. I'm in my I'm in my zone. I'm not yeah. thinking or I now now I recognize it, but before I'm just Marcy Dixon. I'm just a normal, normal person. I wasn't really thinking that people were looking at me. So I didn't see myself as a role model per se. I'm just a journa- I'm just a journalist. But now in my maturity, I can see that. So I try and be kind. I mean, I've always been kind, but I try and be kind. Back in the day, you know, I was quite mouthy. But, you know, when you're a young girl, you're quite mouthy, very blunt, very honest. Try and temper that now because people... <laughs> People look up to me <laughs> and stuff like that. One thing I will do is that I'm an encourager. So if you come to me and you want advice, or you're looking to take what you're doing in a different direction, I'm going to encourage you. If I can help you in terms of what I write or whatever, uh, I will do that, or I'll point you in the right um, direction. Um, I run a breakfast here called the Destined to Soul Women's Ministry Breakfast. I started that five years ago when I was 50 um, because I like being in the background. That's, you know, like I said, I didn't really see myself as a role model. And basically this event is for uh, women in ministry, leading ministries, uh, career women, business owners. And it's about bringing women together and just empowering them or equipping them with practical tools that they can grow expand and publicize their ministries their business climb up the career ladder whatever whatever that is so i empower through that i'm on so
0: where it stopped. it hmm.
1: start pardon
0: uh you, we cut out for a little bit okay all right, yeah. let's continue.
1: Yeah, so what I like to do, I like to share good things that people are doing because I don't think it's just about me. I think it's about sharing, exposing others because we are a community together. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those, look at me, I'm doing wonderfully and don't care about everybody else. It's like we're on a journey together. So if you, I can help you, I will do that to help you move forward as well. Okay.
0: So getting a little insight into your world. Okay. What do you think are some of the highlights and maybe some of the negatives as well of being in the world? And, you know, I think for a lot of women, it is like, how do I manage myself when I am at the top? You know, how do I, which you are at the top of your league. Okay. else you wouldn't get the MBE. All right. So as you kind of navigate your way to the top, what are some of the lessons you've learned on that journey?
1: I'm learning more and more is that you've got to believe in yourself. Yeah. You've got to be aware of aware of um aware of yourself. Like I said, I used I kind of live in a bubble, not a bubble, but a bubble. So sometimes it's I'm being I'm learning that it's important to take stock and sometimes think deeply on how people view you and stuff. Because sometimes you can be doing what you're doing, like I was doing and not really seeing myself as a leader. But that's kind of become very clear to me um, because of some of the people that I've met recently just telling me, you know, Marty, you know, you're not just inverted commas ordinary, you're a leader, you know, and that's how people see you. And that's how you have to see See yourself. Um, The importance of confidence self-confidence I'm kind of I'm a confident person anyway but I have to say when I was younger sometimes you know because of the way that I was not because of the way that I was sometimes you know growing up being being in church and being being in the the public eye and just living your life and not really understanding what that fully means is that you attract you can attract um jealousy and negativity but if no one tells you that you you don't you know on reflection some of the way people treated me or responded to me it was more based on jealousy and how they perceived me to be as opposed to me myself and how I was so they were jealous of the position as opposed to me as a person and stuff like that. Um, no one obviously no one said it to my face but now that I look back and think about some of the negativity that I experienced just just in terms of people dealing with me when I used to go out for uh, to report and things and stuff like that I realized that some of that is due to uh, uh people's possibly jealousy and maybe people felt intimidated by who I was but because I'm in a bubble and I yeah. just think what I'm doing is normal. I'm not recognising that. I'm thinking, oh, I'm not a very nice person and stuff like that. But on reflection, maybe it was my, my role and what that signified for people and me not fully understand, understanding that. Because as you most probably know, sometimes as women, we're not always that supportive. Sometimes as Christian women, we're not always um, as, as supportive as we, we could be. And stuff, particularly more so when you're younger, because you're still, for me anyway, you're 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 trying to find yourself, you're trying to negotiate your way, uh, uh in the world as a black Christian woman. You're trying to find a husband. <laughs> That's what <whatever. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> it's a goof, isn't it? So it's like in a haystack, in the haystack. Yes. do you <laughs> <know what> that <laughs> I mean? So you're kind of dealing with all dealing with all those things that uh, the the, the, the complexity of trying to understand who you are and living your life and all that kind of stuff you're a christian as well so you've got your faith thing you're believing yeah. that you should be loved by everybody and then you're experiencing this kind of negativity from people it's like what what's that about and stuff mm. i mean it's the making of your character because it causes you to dig into god and stuff like that but sometimes some of that stuff is so unnecessary why can't we just be nice to each other
0: yeah i agree well, no. finally, my last question is going to be, how do you want to be remembered? So that if was... you ever pop your clogs you no know, longer here, what would you like people to say about you? How would you like to be remembered?
1: How would I like to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as a God-fearing lady who tried her best, who tried to help others, who try to be a blessing, who supported others, um, who showed kindness and try to do good, really.
0: Well, I think you've achieved it because you have a great, you know, the, my dad always used to say, you know, your name goes before you basically, you know, people know you by your name and your reputation and so, you know, you've got a great reputation and you and people know you and respect you. So I think you've already done. You've done everything that you need to do. Okay. Um, I think the, the conversations will happen after we pass, you know, on regardless. But I think, you know, you've done all the things you needed to do. And I'm really grateful that i got a chance to share a conversation with you. I know other women listening will be inspired to be their best selves. And I think you really have become the best person you can be. I'm sure you can, if you were, if I asked you, probably be quite self-critical and say, there's still
1: more I could have done. Anyway, I'm (laughs) going to say anyway, think about what you've achieved and what you haven't um, haven't achieved. And I'm now in my fifties. God, I can't believe that. So, you know, you think about what you wanted and and whatever. And I think for me, one of the things that's kind of struck me, Uh, during this lockdown is my sadness I suppose is the right word to use about not um, having children and not being married you know that's something that's kind I've I've thought of quite deeply spoken about with friends as well but I'm sure that I'm not the only you know it's a experience as a it's the experience of a lot of black women uh, black women of Caribbean descent so I'm not unusual in that. But it's, it's uh, the lockdown does cause you to think about your mortality, yeah. But, you know, some of those pers- the personal things that you would have liked to experience and have an experience. I don't even know if that adds to the conversation, really. But I just <laughs> thought I'd mention it because you're a relationship expert.
0: <laughs> well, here's what I think. I think um, in life, there are choices that we make. And earlier on, if we knew the course ahead, we'd kind of make the choices that we think would give us the life that we think we think we should have. And all of it is what we think we should have. The reality is, we do what we do, and we end up with the life that you know by whatever choices we made we have. And I think it's just to be content in that life. And once you you kind of really pushed the barriers in that you done the things that you really think you were sent here to do you fulfilled the purpose that you think God has for you I think you've kind of done enough I think yes it'd be nice to have babies if you never had them it'd be nice to be married if you were never married but if it never happens you still truly just have to be you and enjoy everything about you and and what you bring and I think everybody's different I don't think it is everybody's purpose to be married and to have children that's my that's okay, my to, I
1: mean, I've, I've not, yeah. I haven't, I haven't had them. I don't have them, but I still would have liked to have had them. Yeah. You understand what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and for me, and I'm, my, my view might be really wrong. I just think that black women, it's like when it comes to, you know, we could achieve, you know, we can, you know, achieve the highest heights and all that. But when it comes to our personal life, It's like, it's like, it's just, yeah, (laughs) I can't even use, do you understand what I mean? It's like- But
0: there's so many reasons as well, why we are not good at relationships. And if we look historically at where we're coming, the journey we're coming as black people, if you think about slavery, we've been through slavery, uh, slavery, colonialism, um, we're now post-colonialism. We are struggling to be powerful even in the world to even be noticed in the world as black people we're not achieving on so many in so many ways relationships on top of that are going to be are going to be part of it I think it's part and parcel of our whole experience I I
1: hear I hear that but I also I I hear that but I also think about our parents generation yes and for all what you've said because we live in a better era now they got married. <laughs> they had their children. You know what I mean? And I know that I know that they struggled, and maybe some of those mother, those women, particular, well, even the men, maybe because I don't know how they they felt as well. They look and they think, I'd like to be like my daughters, get yeah. an education, you know, yeah. be independent, travel the world. So I suppose it's wanty wanty can getty, getty getty getting the wanty. However however I do strongly believe that strong com- the foundation of strong communities are the relationships between men and women in those communities I think exactly that, I think that and I think that every-
0: that's a lesson for us to learn and I think the way that I see it now is for our generation to encourage the next generation although I you know I think on a on a Christian level, we probably think the world won't last long enough. But just really, we're always
1: thinking the world. Won't last <laughs> every every generation, generation of vipers, generation of vipers. <laughs> let's just let's just forget that, forget that. But I, I just, I just, for me, it's like for when you talk to black women, the missing link is a relationship. It is. I'm just going to be straight, straight about yes. it. And sometimes you internalize it because it makes you feel that there's something wrong with you because you can't that aspect of your life remains unful, unfulfilled it does remain unfulfilled no matter how busy you are and then when you get like yeah, um the other day I was on a um, a um call with meeting women from different faith groups and maybe bar one they were all married with children and you, you know you're sitting there as a black the black wo- woman <laughs> No mar- no but no people Do you know what I mean? Not that I feel bad, but it's just like that's, I know. that's our, story just just like, of our story. It's like story. It's like I'm a bit fed up of it. And then on top of it, there's the younger generation that I'm talking—women young enough to be my daughters, beautiful, better turned out than our generation, really. Yeah. And then yeah. can't find nobody. And they're telling me back in our day when we weren't that weren't as hot as them. At least the black guys were interested in us. they're saying that the black guys are not even looking at them, and I'm thinking something's gone very wrong, so sure. as much as we're as much as I'm about aspiration, family life for me is important it forms it, a bed, it forms a bedrock, it helps form your personalities and stuff like that and you know, God bless women who are raising their kids on their own, but something's happening to the guy, the boys in the Caribbean community. And I'm talking to Africans and they're saying something's happening to the boys. So the racism that our children are, the boys particularly that they're experiencing, I think it's making them dislike themselves. And I don't, and I don't think we're really kind of tapping into that because we're so on this material trip to be successful and to be educated that somehow we're kind of missing what's happening to our children true and and, then,
0: and missing the opportunity to teach them the lessons part of the foundation is looking back and trying to hand the baton to younger women okay that's so good. part of our group are young women uh there's a half half of the foundation is called Aphrodite and what they do is um Look at issues through the young girls' eyes, and we're looking on okay. the on the uh, directors from the older women, I suppose, perspective. But there's a younger woman and young girls and older women experience where we're kind of doing that intergenerational uh, okay, relationship to look cool. at how we can improve. And we are looking at relationships. We've so far we've looked at breast cancer, domestic violence, um, conflict resolution. So, you know, there's lots of things that we are thinking about bringing into this era, so that people can really, this area, so that people can really start to look at themselves holistically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see the broad picture. You said about the slavery and stuff like that, but what's interesting about the, and you can tell me to shut up in a minute because I could go on, but what's interesting about about the Windrush generation, they felt oppression more, but they were together. But then you see they
0: were dependent on each other
1: in a new country
0: for survival. In a new country for survival. We don't have as much reasons to cling to someone for survival because, especially um Afro Caribbean women, we are stronger in financially, economically than yeah, our brothers that, are.
1: That's all it is. Yeah. What, what, but it, we it, take that to mean everything. Yeah, but it's <laughs> not because our lives are enriched. By relation, yeah. what are we what are we missing during lockdown? We, some of us are earning the money, yeah, we've got the nice house, so we've but we've got no. Some are isolated. I've seen people on Facebook crying about the isolation. The woman I spoke to you about, the isolation is mm. what I think caused her to have a stroke and a heart attack because yeah. it, it was on her. It was on her mind. I speak to people ministering to. Uh, uh, people in their congregation, single people, the anxiety and the isolation. So we we can mm. be all strong or whatever, but your, your life is really about your relationships and stuff.
0: No, so I just want to thank you for your time today. Thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time. So <laughs> I need to end because I'm going to cut all the middle bit. Okay. okay, so thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for taking out time of your uh in your very busy schedule to come and have a conversation with me it's been an absolute delight great to meet you and to kind of have the personal side which I know we're not going to broadcast all of it <laughs> no it's been an absolute pleasure but um great to meet you I wish you the very best with everything that you do uh so proud of all your achievements keep soaring keep soaring thank you Yes, definitely, definitely, and I will keep praying for you as well. I'll be praying for that husband
1: or, Good or that
0: husband. No brother. No brother. <laughs> You might be like Sarah. You
1: might be having the the baby very late in oh, life. whatever. Anything's <laughs> possible. Whatever. But I think you know. I mean, I know you finished, but I do think the whole thing about we need to keep the relate. We need to keep that conversation going. about because it's it's so crucial even though you know you think oh love and no it's it's the making of us absolutely it's the making of us
0: absolutely well great to meet you and thank you for your time today and thank you to my listeners who've uh who's chimed in today if you've listened today and you've enjoyed the show please share 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 and we'll see you again real soon take care Thank you for listening to ICE Talks. Invite a friend and tune in next time for real stories and conversations with phenomenal African women. Find us on Facebook, like our page and join the group. It's Poor Africa UK. See you there.